because our bodies are so wise. They really do give us so much feedback and information about what they like and what they need if we listen. I believe that what we do as women in the privacy of our own minds is the single greatest determinant of our lives. I'm Emma Title, and you are listening to the Women Today podcast, where we are unpacking and investigating the new female psychology. I am a psychotherapist, coach, and teacher who is passionate about women's internal and external freedoms. You are in the right place if you want to hear in-depth stories about women's lives. On this show, we dig deep into the minds and hearts of women to understand what it really takes to heal, to grow, and to experience psychological freedom so that we can create lives of authenticity, fulfillment, and contribution. This is a place to receive nourishment, inspiration, and guidance as we continue to show up for the complexity and nuance of our lives as women. I'm so glad that you're here, and let's get started with today's episode. Hey, and welcome back everyone to another episode of the podcast. I'm really honored and excited to be introducing Mindy Myring to you all today. Mindy is a life coach, a psychotherapist, and a mindfulness teacher who's based in Durango, Colorado. And I first met Mindy in a writing group with Jen Loudon last year. And she and I had the good fortune of being paired up in a small group together and We just had such a deep resonance and soul connection, and I am very excited to be sharing her voice and her story with you all. Mindy specializes in supporting others as they move through the grief and loss of challenging and often devastating life events, such as the death of loved ones, humans, and pets, as well as those facing serious illness and significant relationships ending. And Mindy herself had a five-year healing journey from stage three cancer, as well as a harrowing journey with IVF. Mindy is intimately familiar with the emotional terrain of loss and facing a serious health challenge. Combined with her 25 years of experience supporting others as they move through life's inevitable changes and challenges, Mindy's own personal journey informs the work she does with others on their own healing journeys. She believes in a world where thriving, not just surviving after loss is possible, and that gratitude and self-compassion are two of the most powerful healing forces that exist. Outside of work, Mindy loves to travel, read, spend time in nature, connect with precious friends and family, and hit the trails for hikes with her husband and their two pups. Mindy is really a gentle and wise and very realized presence. And I think you're going to enjoy this conversation where we explore and unpack what health means to somebody who has faced a really significant cancer journey and how she finds health and buoyancy and well-being in the face of what has been a really challenging decade of her life. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. And I'll look forward to connecting next week. Mindy, welcome. Thank you. So great to be here. It's such a gift to have you here. I've been waiting for the right moment to have you on the show, and I'm just so glad to have you with us. 
Yeah, it's great to be here. And I'm looking forward to our conversation and diving in with you today. Yeah, me too. So, you know, listeners got to hear about you and your professional background and the work that you do in the world. Um, But I really wanted to have you here for this month of May because we're talking about women and health, as you know. And I've just always been so impacted and struck by the little bits of your story that I know about, um, because I know you've, you've been through a lot when it comes to your body and your health and just taken so many courageous risks in your life. So thank you for being here and being willing to share about such personal things with us. Yeah, of course. Yeah, my body has been um, a great teacher for me. Yeah. So before we go into to some of the journeys that you've had, I'd love to hear right now, just in the present moment, what does health mean to you at this point in your life? I love that question. And um, when I think about what health means to me right now, it, um, I think I have to just really have to share that when I think about health, I think about it almost as this like circle and there's different, you know, different pieces of the pie, right? So there's my mental health, there's my emotional health, my physical health and well-being, spiritual health. And so when I think of health, it's usually in that broader term. And um, I think about my well-being in each of those different areas of my life. So that's kind of how I look at at my health overall. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. And when you consider all those parts of the pie, do you have goals in each of those categories? Do you have things you're working on or does it feel kind of like more like a holistic picture that you're touching in with? I'm just curious how you relate to yeah. it. Oh no, that's such a great question. I, um, yeah, I feel like uh, kind of on a, like a, a spiritual, you know, personal growth level, there's always things that I'm kind of working on and practices that I have that I'm working with or, you know, that, and and it's shifting and changing all the time. Um, But for me, um, I really try to look at each of those different areas and ask myself, you know, the question, like, how am I nurturing this part of my life? And then from that place, I'll set, you know, different goals and look at you know, what feels important right now. And and it's something that's dynamic. It's always changing kind of based on what's happening in, in life. Yeah. I find that too. It's always shifting and changing. Yeah. And sometimes that drives me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Other times I'm like, okay, this is just life in a human body, especially yeah. a female body. Yeah. So I know that's kind of a broad um, answer. Um, I'm happy to get more specific if you want, but that's really I don't, kind of how I look at it. And, and then, um, you know, I'll say, gosh, right now, here are some things like, I'll just give you an example, like physical health. Um, you know, after going through a couple years of, of treatment for cancer, I'm still working on, on strengthening and rebuilding my immune system. So there are certain things I do or spend more time on in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, 
And that feels like a beautiful segue because I would love to hear about your journey with cancer. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing to share with us just about, you know, when you got diagnosed and what kind of cancer it was and sort of where you were in your life when that huge news entered your world. Yeah. Um, So it was November of 2015. And I always call that the November to remember. (laughs) Um, It was a really intense time in life. And um, my husband and I, we um, just uh, the slightest bit of backstory. We got married later in life and started trying to have children when I was about 39, 40 and went through a few years of um, fertility treatment. Um, Didn't go all the way to IVF quite yet, but it was really hard on my body and my emotions. And um, I think any woman who's gone through that can attest to the fact that it's an intense process. And so I reached a point where I just said, I can't, I really just can't do this anymore. It's, it's too much right now. And so, um, so I took a couple of years and we just decided, you know what, if, if it happens, it happens, you know, on its own. And so, um, Then that it was that summer before I got diagnosed with the cancer that um, I had this moment of absolute 100% clarity that I was ready to do IVF. You know, my husband had always said, if you want to do IVF, let's do it. He's like, if you don't, I'm 100, you know, I'm, I'm cool with that. I really want for you, you know, you need to be on board with this. And I just knew. And it was... Um, and so we started that process and in the midst of that, I found a little lump in my neck and, um, and the doctor said, you know, before we move forward with the IVF anymore, um, he said, I think that you should have that removed and biopsied so we know what it is. And I wasn't really concerned about it. It didn't bother me. But um, I had it removed. I had it biopsied. I'll never forget. It was the week before Thanksgiving and the doctor's office called and they said, we'd like you to come in earlier to go over your results. And I said, "Okay." I didn't think anything of it. It was a holiday week. And I went in and it was such a shock to hear the words you have, you know, and it was it was a specific type of B cell lymphoma called follicular B-cell lymphoma. And I remember remember being in total shock because I felt so good. I thought I was so healthy and I didn't have any symptoms. And so that's what happened. And it it was an intense time because we were going through the IVF. And then one of my dearest best friends was um, at the end of a journey she'd had with cancer and she ended up dying a week later. And so there was just so much happening in life. Wow. Yeah. It was a lot. So that was how I found out. It was November of 2015. Oh my goodness. And I'm just feeling like I could just feel my own heart sink with all these different parts, you know, having been working toward trying to get pregnant the shock of it, and then also losing a beloved friend to cancer. That's enormous. Yeah. Yeah. It was a a surreal experience to walk in to the clinic where she'd gotten treatment a month after she died 
And just two months after I had been there visiting her, it was just, you know, there were all these things happening and, and it was, yeah, it was, it was an intense time. Mm. Wow. And where, where did you go from there? It sounds like you, you needed treatment. You started treatment. Yeah. So my, the cancer that I had was really low stage and it was localized in one spot at that time. And so it was considered stage one. And I, um, you know, got a couple of opinions and both oncologists said, we don't think that there's any reason to, to treat at this point. We're just going to watch and wait. It's a, a slower growing Um, you know, on the spectrum of cancers that's slower growing. And so let's just keep an eye on it. And that's what we did for a couple of years. So I didn't actually start treatment until um, the summer of 2018, because when I got a scan that spring, it had spread and was in several different spots. And so it was at that point that, that they recommended that I do treatment. What was it like to know you had cancer and to not do treatment for so many years. I mean, that's, I would just think that would be such a psychological thing to reckon with. It, yeah, it's a, he- it's really um, a head trip kind of to, to know that this is happening in your body. And yeah, I didn't really have any troublesome symptoms. A lot of people get, you know, night sweats or they have really clear um, symptoms or pain. And so I didn't have any symptoms. I was fortunate. And yet I really had to work with my mind a lot. That was for me, the piece of not jumping too far ahead and, you know, kind of getting into that place of like um, letting my fear get too far away from me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cause there was absolutely fear. I mean, and yet how did, you know, I, I had to work with, I had to learn ways to work with that. How did you work with your mind and the fear? There's a lot of, um, I got really good during that time period at surrendering. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm laughing about it, but it was, it's not really funny because it was, um, it was painful. You know, it was a lot of surrender. I had to surrender to that process when you're going through IVF, you are so not in control. You are on this schedule of you are you are on someone else's schedule, you know, um, and following a very strict calendar. And I think surrendering to knowing that this cancer was a part of my life now. Um, I really had to do a lot of work around accepting that. And um for me, I, I had to allow those feelings to come up, you know, of the fear. And then later there was anger, like, why, you know, like, why is this happening? I've taken such good care of myself or, you know, I mean, I just, there, there was all of it, you know, all those feelings came up and it was, how do I meet this? And I was fortunate in that I had a mindfulness practice. And I think that was, a, that foundation helped support me. And then I went through a really um, great, and it was an intensive year-long mindfulness teacher training uh, about a year after I was diagnosed. And I feel like that helped me not just the teacher training part of it, but the 
helped me strengthen my practice and was also a support for me as I was moving through that time. It kind of gave me that extra support as I was going through all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you described, you know, I think this thought of well, why me or this is so unfair. Like I take such good care of myself and I'm yeah. curious, how have you made meaning and like, how did the diagnosis shape you and, and how you conceptualize yourself today? Hmm. Um, how have I, it's such a beautiful question. Um, I think it's made me a stronger, more resilient person. You know, I think um, there's a moment um, it just this popped into my head. So this is a, a different story, but for half the year, this was part of um, kind of the, the craziness of life. My husband and I were working on a project, living in Hawaii half the year and going back and forth. And so I was navigating that, you know, in the midst of like treatment and all of this. And we absolutely made it work. We were, I was fortunate that the timing always fell into place with treatments and, and things that I needed. But, um, but I remember one day, like a a couple years ago, I was driving home and it was just this picture perfect day. And, you know, we have these moments that are etched in our memory and, um, and I just started, tears started falling down my face. And it was, um, it was this moment of really, of realizing and acknowledging like how much my body, mind and spirit had been through the last four or five years. And, uh, and just looking in the mirror and really seeing this strong, courageous woman. It was, um, I'm gonna get teary right now. It was really powerful. So I think the meaning for me is that I learned, you know, uh, about my own resilience and, uh, and that I was, um, I really learned to trust myself in a much deeper way. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm, I'm teary too, I think, because I can empathize so deeply of like those, those initiations, those battle scars, the, you know, that like when we really come face to face with something so terrifying, so life-threatening to make it out on the other side, it's like, I just love that you were able to bear witness to yourself and your own strength and warriorship in that moment it's so beautiful thank you yeah yeah it was like a little everyday moment that I'll never forget you know yeah thanks for sharing that with us yeah and so you know where are you at now like what what is the status of the cancer what is the status of your physical health and yeah so I finished my treatment last, uh, the end of last June. And one of the 
highlights for me of 2020. I know it was <laughs> it was a crazy, you know, crazy year, but one of the biggest blessings was that in July found out that um, I had a clear scan and that my cancer had gone into remission. Wow. And that was such a gift, of course. And um, and so now it's more of going back to a, a watch and wait, just observe. Um, you know, it's with this kind of cancer, I think it can go into remission for many, many years and not come back. Sometimes it never does. Um, so I'm just, you know, and I'm pretty aware and in tune with my body. So my, I'm just keep a close eye on it. And then, like I said, a little bit earlier, just in that process of, you know, trying to get my immune system back online and, and stronger. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I know in your work, Mindy, you support people a lot around both grief and gratitude. And just as I'm listening to your personal journey and your story with the cancer, I'm feeling the threads of, of both of those so palpably. And I'm wondering if you can share with us a little bit about your view on grief, how you've come to understand it, and also how you support people with it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, I have been doing so much more work around grief and loss the last couple of years, but I was thinking about this and it, I think my interest started before I started my graduate program in social work, I took a, an elective course and this professor was just brilliant. And she talked about the whole class was really based on the grief model. And I remember, you know, and I was 20 years old at the time, so that's 30 years ago, but I remember being so just, um, fascinated by everything she was talking about and how life itself, that it's not just about someone in our life, that it's not about just about death, that loss and grief applies to all these different um, areas of our life. You know, it could be the loss of a dream or a job or a divorce and a relationship ending, that these things bring up grief and loss. And so we learned about, you know, and then we went into different ways to work with people. But I think my um, passion for, for grief work goes back a long time. And, and in current day, I just really love working with people and supporting them around um, meeting the, the big changes and the challenges and the losses in their in their lives. And sometimes that is losing a loved one. Um, another area that is very near and dear to me, as you know, is um, supporting people who have lost a pet. And um, I went through a training this last year and became certified as a, a pet loss and grief specialist. And, um, you know, that was really something that I became interested in after we lost. Um, it was the first dog I had ever lost. And it was it was in back in 2017, so in the midst of all of this, and um, and it was on Mother's Day weekend of all weekends, we lost mm. our sweet our sweet dog. But um, but I'll never forget that day. And um, and I really that's kind of, that was one thing that spurred me on to want to do this, you know, work even more. 
but I think that grief and loss is such a part of, I mean, part of our lives, even like you and I were talking about before we started the, the interview, it's so many different things can bring that up, you know, in us. Yeah. And I think it's important to be able to, to talk about it and to, to, you know, to normalize that this is something we all experience. If we open ourselves up and we love in life, we're going to experience loss and grief. Yeah. I'm so glad you're mentioning all of this. And um, Dr. Jean Shinoda Boland, she was on the show earlier and it was actually at the very beginning of the pandemic. I think it was, you know, early in March or April or something. And she was, she's such a wise elder woman. And, and she was talking about how any, like basically the experience of the pandemic, the liminal space, the, the existential threat, um, as Joan Borisenko talks about, like just having all of us go through that basically opened this landmine of all of our traumas, all of our griefs, all of our losses. And, and just how like one transition or change can evoke so much memory of all the other transitions or losses or change is kind of amazing and also frightening, you know, just how vulnerable and complex we are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we forget that sometimes, you know, I think sometimes we um, just forget, we, you know, we, we forget that. And so to acknowledge that in ourselves can be such a gift and just to acknowledge, yes, this feels like a big loss. And it's also bringing up the loss that I had, you know, five years ago that is still tender when I think about it. Yeah. That that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and where does the gratitude come in? Talk to us about that. Well, um, gratitude is one of my favorite things to talk about. And so it was, it's been such a big part of my life. It's, it's kind of one of my core practices for, and has been for 25 years. And so, you know, I've done workshops and like gratitude retreats and I do a gratitude challenge every year. And it's, it's something that I love working with in myself and also bringing to other people because I think there's a way in which we can perceive gratitude as sort of being this airy fairy thing. And it's like, Oh, you know, be grateful for, um, how do I want to say this? That we're, you know, we're looking at just at life through these rose colored glasses and, um, and ignoring everything else when we're practicing gratitude. And I do not see that as um, the case at all. In fact, it was a huge support for me going through our whole journey with all of the infertility treatment, the cancer treatment, um, and some other big, really big um, kind of transitions happening in our life during that time. I think that... Um, the way I look at gratitude is that it really helps us. Uh, it, it kind of helps us focus on what is going right or, or the good, you know, the blessings in our life. But I never recommend doing that at the expense of trying to bypass or, you know, or ignore 
the challenging as well. I think that they can both be there. We can hold the grief and the gratitude in our hearts. And so that's a big part of, you know, what I share with people when I'm talking about or teaching about gratitude, it's that it can all be there. Um, but it's really helpful for us to train our minds to also take in the good and to remember that that's there as well. Yeah. I, I, I so appreciate you naming this and the the call to both, you know, because I think oftentimes, especially in the coaching worlds, I, I find, I don't know if you find this, but, yeah. you know, there can just be so much hype around the gratitude and, yeah. um, and the by and just such a shortcutting and the bypassing around being with the harder, more complex feelings and realities of what it is to be human. And, and yet we don't want to lose sight of the gratitude because it is so powerful and effective. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What do you, at this moment in your life, what do you feel really grateful for? I would say in conjunction or like in tandem with all of the losses that you've had around motherhood, around your pets, around cancer. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great question. I love that. Um, I feel really grateful every day when I open my eyes and I'm alive and get to live another day and get up and do things, you know, work that I love and spend time with people I love. Um, and just that feeling healthy, you know, that is something that I don't take for granted. Um, that I woke up today and I feel good. I'm really grateful for my husband, Patrick, and for good, really good friends that I can just be, you know, myself with. Like yesterday was just a really uh, kind of a, a tender, emotional day. And, you know, I picked up the phone and, and called a good friend of mine and, you know, was just in tears and um, that she could just, you know, hold space for that and just be like, yeah, I get it. And, you know, I'm here, I'm listening. So I feel grateful for that. Um, grateful for, I was thinking about this, a new, it feels like a new chapter in life um, has started where we've put kind of, we're putting behind some of the things that have been really challenging and painful and beginning this beautiful new chapter in life. And I, I feel that, you know, I feel myself moving into a new time in life. Mm, I'm yeah. so glad they're getting that fresh energy yeah. and transition. I, I mean, I know we're all so different and there's so many different things going on right now in the world, but it does feel like from my observation with clients and the people I know is like, we, you know, we had this very sort of still pause year and, um, and it does feel like there's a lot of movement happening right now, whether it's like reflected in the real estate market or, you know, people relocating or jobs changing, but it's like there, there is after all that pausing, there seems to be even, you know, and some folks I know, like they're going through even bigger transitions now, but I think the last year impacted us even more than sometimes we can really take in on a daily basis. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I, it, to me, I feel like we're going to be unpacking kind of the impact of the last year for a long time. Yeah. 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 It is a major event in human history. <laughs> Definitely. To say the Definitely. least. Definitely. Well, and I, I, you know, I still feel like we're, um, with all the movement, because I, I feel that too, it, um, it still feels, you know, there's a, a way in which I, I feel like we're, we're not quite out of the woods yet. You know, it's like, we're still in this pandemic. And, um, and so it's been for me, such a lesson in, um, um, just, you know, continuing to be with uncertainty, the uncertainty of, we don't, you know, we don't know, we've never lived through a time like this and a pandemic like this. And how is it going to, you know, what are the next, what's the next month or the next six months going to look like as we move, we keep moving forward through this. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So if you're up for it, Mindy, I'd love to switch gears a little bit to some practical stuff because you know me and listeners know me if they've been with the podcast. I love to get into the nitty gritty and I love women just talking about like how they shape their lives, how they design their lives. Yes, let's do it. Okay, great. So I am wondering, you've mentioned a few things, particularly around your immune system, given your cancer journey. Um, But I'm wondering like in a day or a week, how do you quite literally schedule in and take care of all those areas of the pie for your health that you mentioned earlier in the call? Yeah. Um, Okay. I get up, I try and get up early before anyone else in my house is up. And that's when I get my quiet time and I savor that time. Even if it's only 10 or 15 minutes, I try and make it more spacious, but I um I do a little meditation and qigong um and qigong is I'll just say that changed my life. Um learning qigong 3 years ago was absolutely a game changer for me in terms of helping me heal and um as I went through the cancer treatment and it's something that I continue to do most most every day. And so I'll do a little Qigong and then I um, start my day. And so I am trying to think of the different areas that we talked about. So physical health, um, you know, I try and get some kind of activity movement in. Um, One of the things I'm really excited about is that I have um, the green light to start running again, which I really, you know, when I was doing all that fertility treatment and the cancer treatment, my doctor said, don't put that kind of stress on your body. And so this summer, I'm looking forward to starting to run, but I, you know, I hike, go for a walk. I would say one of the things that brings me um, the most joy is getting out for walks and hikes with my dogs. I have two two dogs, Charlie and Izzy. And so whether it's with my husband or a friend or by myself, I love I live in Colorado, and so I love getting out and and hiking on the trails. Um, I try to set my life up so that it's easy and I don't have to think about things. So like at the beginning of every week, I have these little tiny um, like 
they're like little miniature Ziploc bags. And I put my little vitamins and supplements in there. So I can just take it out and take them in the morning and take them out and, you know, take them at night. So that's one thing um, in terms of my overall life. If I can set it up so that it just, you know, I've created habits to make, to make it easy for me to remember things like that. That's really helpful. You know, that's really helpful. Like in the morning, I, the night before I go, before I go to bed, I set my space up. So I've got my little um, earbuds. I've got my journal right there. It's all, all I have to do is just kind of stumble out of bed and down to my little space where I, you know, where I um, have that quiet time in the mornings. Mm, Beautiful. So would you say that quiet time in the morning is one of the main ways that you take care of your spiritual health or soul health? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the quiet, the meditation that I do in the morning, that journaling and part of um, the journaling I do and it, you know, it takes through really, I don't spend a whole lot of time. It's more just writing down five or six things that I'm feeling grateful for in that, you know, moment that morning and setting my intention for the day. And it really, um, yeah, and that quiet time just helps me really connect more deeply with myself and, you know, whatever's present. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Me. Yeah, one of the things I talk a lot about with my clients and I'm tracking in myself is when the train leaves the station. This is the metaphor I use. The train uh-huh. leaves the station and I'm not fully on board. <laughs> You know, and I feel like that, that that is like the force we're sort of needing to resist in modernity, whether it's with our iPhones or whatever it might be. But I just love imagining you, how you really like, even if it's 10 or 15 minutes, like you get yourself on the train, your whole body, your whole system. So then when you have to enter the momentum of work or dog walking or taking care of business, you're there. Yeah. I totally know that feeling of like, you, you know, you leave the station, you're not on the train. I mean, we've all been there and it's, it's like all of a sudden you're on, you know, autopilot and, um, you know, days like that, I can, I can notice how I'm more reactive. And when I just take that little bit, like I said, sometimes it's 30 to 40 minutes. Other times it's, you know, 10, if I wake up late and, um, or I just don't have the, the time, but taking the time makes a big difference. Mm, I love that emphasis. Like, and I feel like that's such a thing that we really have to advocate for, for ourselves is like insisting that we get the time prioritizing it. Yeah. Beautiful. And anything else you do like on a weekly basis or, you know, are there other things you do like on Saturdays and Sundays or how do you tend to your health in any other ways? I think, um, you know, I mean, diet wise, I really made, you know, there were a lot of changes that I made um, in just tweaking and kind of cleaning up my diet. I do at least like a quarterly fast, you know, that was something that my oncologist recommended. And so that's not like a day-to-day thing, but I do practice intermittent fasting. And again, that's not every day. Um, I would say one thing that 
personally, um, I have, this journey has taught me is to really listen to my body. Like I had um, a practitioner, you know, recommend a specific diet right when I was diagnosed that I tried and um, I think it was paleo and it just didn't work for me. I didn't feel good when I ate a strict paleo diet. And so as I've gone along, I've really experimented and I've found what, um, what does support, you know, what does support my body? Like in terms of diet and exercise, um, you know, I try and get, I, this is a really simple thing, but you know, getting enough sleep and not pushing myself too hard. And a big part of that is learning not to take on too much. It's like been a lifelong struggle for me, as I know it is for a lot of women. It's um, there are so many things that I love to do that I do feel passionate about, but I only have so many hours in a day, and so I really have to um, keep myself in check and say, "Okay, you know, can you really say yes to that?" Thank you so much for bringing up all of these points. And I just really <laughs> want to emphasize this to the listener because I think that, first of all, I'll just comment on the diet piece. Um, last week on the podcast, we had an amazing chef, natural foods chef, Maria Cooper. And, you know, she was talking about how essential it is that we are listening and attuning to our bodies and how complicated it has become as women with all this noise and rhetoric around what's a good diet and what's a bad diet and, you know, controlling our bodies and the whole patriarchy, the whole nine yards. Um, but I love that you just have really attuned to what actually works for you. And then, and then this rest piece, like elimination, really like being real about if we want to be well, sometimes that means doing less or saying yes to fewer things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was, that's been a big journey for me, um, really giving myself that permission to rest. And, you know, as I was going through my treatment, there were times when I needed that. So, you know, my body really needed that and I had to learn to listen. And I think that is something that I've tried to continue doing is really listening and letting myself have the sleep and the rest that um, that my body tells me it you know that it needs because our bodies are so wise they really do give us so much feedback and information about what they like and what they need if we listen mm. do you feel like it took the cancer experience to allow yourself that that deeper listening and space Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's interesting when I was, when I was younger, I struggled with, um, and this was, you know, decades ago, but an eating disorder. And I felt like that was a journey for me as I healed from that to really listen to my body in terms of hunger cues and learning to develop a healthy relationship with food. But as I went through this journey, the last five or six years, it was like an, a new level of learning for me um, about being in relationship with my body and trusting it and uh, and not getting mad at it. 
I just want to really say that, that there were times when I did feel angry and I, you know, acknowledged that, but learning to, um, I guess, develop a friendship with my body. And, you know, I, I was really, this is for me, I didn't use the terms like battling cancer, mm. cancer. I felt like these were cells in my body that I didn't want to be fighting my body. I wanted to be, you know, my, and the way I looked at it, I want to create the conditions in my body to help heal and help my body go into remission. So, yeah, it was, and it was a journey for sure to get there. I mean, I, like I said, I definitely had those moments where I felt pissed off or angry, but it was like uh, um, reaching that point where I really felt like I developed this um, healthy relationship with my body and could listen, you know, could listen to it more deeply was a big part of this journey. Mm. Gosh, I feel so impacted by that reframe and so just for anybody listening like what a beautiful choice you made there to not fight with an aspect of your body Mm -hmm. but to partner yeah I can feel the energy and just how powerful that choice was yeah yeah it was a big shift it was definitely a big big shift and um you know, I learned, um, and I continue to learn so much about kind of what my body needs. And I think that it's always changing, isn't it? It's like now I'm, I'm 49 and I'm starting to go into perimenopause. And so, you know, just when I think I've got it all figured out, (laughs) things start to shift and change again. Yeah. Isn't it true? It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mindy, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom. I I love sitting with you because I can really feel just how much embodied wisdom, knowledge, gentleness, and strength you've cultivated in your lifetime so far. Thank you. It's this has been um it's just been an honor and a joy to, you know, to be with you this morning and to be able to share a little bit about my journey and, um, you know, hopefully maybe some little nuggets or pieces of it will resonate with, um, with your listeners. And yeah, I feel like that as, as women, that is, um, such a gift we give to each other to, share our journeys and learn from one another. Absolutely. Yeah. So before we wrap up, I have one more question that I love to ask at the end, but before we go there, how can people get in touch with you? You know, I'm sure many people will be resonating. And if people want to learn more about your work or how to become involved in your world, where can they find you? Yeah. So I am, um, so my name is, it'll probably be on your website because it's a mouthful, Mindy Meyering. Everyone's like, God, that's a lot of vowels. Um, it's M-E-I-E-R-I-N-G. But I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And um, and then my website is Mindy Meyering. 
dot com. And, um, and on Mondays, I usually hang out at 11 a.m. Mountain Time and do a quick five, 10 minute Mindful Monday Facebook Live. And so that's one way just to stay in touch, kind of ongoing. But then my website shares more about my work. Mm, that's so beautiful. I love that you do those Mindful Mondays. That's sweet. Yeah. It's mm. just a short, sweet way, kind of intentional way to for people to start their week. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So Mindy, if, if I told you that every woman in the world could not only hear a message from you, but also receive it very deeply into their bodies and their souls, what would you most want us to hear right now? Mm. Love yourself and honor your journey you know all of it the ups and the downs yeah i think um that has been one of the greatest journeys of my life has really been getting to that point where i feel like i can love all you know all of myself like the um, and honor, um, but honor the journey. Like, I think that's when we can do that and really see that, you know, I was listening to this podcast interview with Oprah. She was talking about her new book and she and the psychiatrist she wrote it with are, are talking about, you know, the questions we ask ourselves and, um, and how can we look at the events in our lives as you know asking ourselves like how how has this happened for me instead of how is why why has this happened to me right and i really try and look at life through that lens and i feel like that's a part a big part of honoring our journey mm -hmm. embracing all of ourselves and everything that has been a part of our life Thank you so much, Mindy. And thank you for taking the time to be with us today. It's such an honor to have your voice here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Today podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and take a moment to leave a rating and a review. will be able to access this valuable information. Remember, we each have our unique role to play in this collective uprising for women all over the world. Whoever you are and wherever you find yourself in this moment, there is a deep intelligence to your particular place in the wider web, and we need the specific experiences, insights, and gifts that only you carry. I am sending you my heartfelt strength and support for wherever you are on the journey. And I'll look forward to connecting again next week.